Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's August 31st, a day that will forever be known as National Pullout Day. We are officially out of Afghanistan, folks. I'm Rod Rodriguez. This is The Back Brief. Well, we are now out of the forever war that lasted about 20 years. And I, for one, am confused, heartbroken, angry, and frustrated by the whole damn thing. I'm confused about how Americans have taken this whole, you know, debacle. And I have to say that I found myself falling into this idea uh, that we could still win this thing, right? That not all was lost. Maybe a plucky young hero would appear out of nowhere with the right idea that would inspire some brilliant scientist to go back in time and fix this whole thing. Bring everyone back. Win the war. And that by this time next week, Afghans would be chanting USA, 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 while Bruce Springsteen and The Weeknd sing the Afghan national anthem to the tune of America the Beautiful. And man, we could do it. We could do it. Just put us back in, coach. Just put us back in. Give me one more play. 20 years? Just give me 20 years and one week. We were so close, right? They were ready. They just needed a little more time to learn how to recognize their own country and to fight for it. To hell with the extremist ideology. They they just needed one more week to accept Walmart, apple pie, and baseball. One more week and Afghan women would become Afghan Karens and they too could ask for the manager. One more week, boss. One more week. But here's the reality of the situation, okay? There was no winning this. We didn't even know what we were supposed to be doing. Let's go back to September 11th, 2001. We found out that there's these Al-Qaeda training camps in Afghanistan, right? Run by these Taliban people, and they were responsible For September 11th for these attacks. And we decided we're going to go remove these camps via airstrikes. Then we launch a ground campaign to further hunt out these Al-Qaeda guys. And now we're looking for Osama bin Laden. Surprise, he's in Pakistan. No invasion for Pakistan, though. That's that's, That's not okay. That's off limits. But that's it. There was never, hey, this place looks right for Western democracy. Let's try it. 
20 years of moving the goalpost, 20 years of this year, we're going to finish it, boys. This is the year, the big surge. This We're going to finish it. We're going to end it. Whatever the hell that meant. Nobody knew what that meant. We still don't. We're still arguing about what were we doing. We went to war in Afghanistan with no clear end in sight. We went to war in Iraq over weapons of mass destruction and yellow cake and chocolate cake and some other things. Now they're about to have a financial collapse. That whole country is about to burn in its own way. Different. But the same in a lot of ways. Thousands upon thousands of American lives lost. And we honestly cannot say what the hell the mission really was. When was it supposed to end? What was victory? Then we decide... It's time to execute Operation Pullout. And we couldn't have been more frantic and haphazard if we had planned it. We treated the Taliban like an ex-wife we made up with for the kids' sake, knowing full well she's going to pack the kids into the minivan and drive them into a river the moment we turn our backs. Also, did anyone put it in their intel brief what the Taliban would have after we left? They're running around like it's Call of Duty double XP weekend and they're unlocking all the cool gear that's been icing them for the last 20 years. You get gear, you get gear, you get gear. Look under your prayer mats. You all get a Popper Dumbies. Yay. The embassy we gave up, according to people that I know that have been there, was a fortress. We had more people on the ground during the evacuation than we had during the invasion. But we had a clear mission for Operation Pullout. How is it that we had more priority set for Operation Pullout than we did for any entire 20 years of enduring freedom, of the Afghanistan war. How is that possible? We knew August 31st, we're, we're out. What's the mission? Get everyone out. Can we get everyone out? We're going to try. But we couldn't get our stuff together. Well, there's reasons for that. Definitely reasons for that. ISIS-K. ISIS-K takes credit for killing 13 of our service members. 13. One of the deadliest attacks, period. And we treated it like, well, that was coming. The Taliban, our supposed partners, seem to just put their hands up like, I don't know, I guess, ISIS maybe wow thanks guys but they're our allies they're not our allies they were our partners in securing the airfield because you know 
the Taliban. You know, when I think security, I think Taliban. Maybe that's their, that should be their new slogan. When you think security, think Taliban. So I saw this and I'm thinking, whew. We're going to do something about this now, right? We can't let 13 dead soldiers, 13 dead service members go unanswered. We were treating the Taliban like a government. If you, as a foreign government, allow our service members to be murdered on your soil, that is an act of war. But, but it wasn't. And again, doesn't matter because there's the war hawk in me. The war hawk in me is like, tear him up. Let's get him. But the other war hawk, <laughs> if that's even a thing, the second war hawk's like, hold up, hold up. I'm definitely not a dove because there's there's no part of me that wants peace in this. But okay, so what are we going to do that we haven't done in the last 20 years? The only thing I could say was maybe we should have, I don't know, maybe we should have like a, like a Star Wars Order 66 style thing. You know, because like the Taliban came out, they came out of their holes, they came out of their hidey spots to come be our our friendly partners and whatnot. Maybe this was our chance to like get them. Maybe we could have just like "Mm, order 66 and whoever's out there with their Taliban counterpart, just like Dunzo. Oh, by the way, they're having a press conference in this building. Let's wax it. And everyone's like, well, you know, they're surrounded by civilians. We don't want to hurt the civilians. Well, (laughs) okay. Um, We struck two vehicles with drones, with missiles that allegedly had ISIS-K suicide bombers. We killed them. And by the way, we killed a bunch of civilians too. A bunch of kids. Seriously. 20 years and thousands of drone strikes, and that was our response. We killed a bunch of civilians. So if that's if that's the price of playing, if if we're gonna play this idea out of okay, uh if we're gonna drop a drone strike, we're, that's what we're gonna do. We have to accept there's gonna be civilian casualties. Okay, order 66. We're out there with the Taliban. They're our friends for a moment. They're helping us secure this airfield. The president or whoever calls Order 66 and we start icing the Taliban next to us. They're having a press conference there. This building is full of Taliban. They're out in the streets. Bomb the hell out of them. Civilian casualties? Well, we got civilian casualties if we're drone striking ISIS. We might as well have some civilian casualties as we, you know, Take out the Taliban. These are people that were hanging on to the 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 tire well, the 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 wheel wells of C-17s falling out of the sky. They're up to their waist in sewage. 
They know they're going to die at the hands of the Taliban just for showing up to the airport trying to catch the first thing smoking back to the U.S. or whatever country they can get to. I don't know if they'd be that mad. (laughs) I don't know if they'd have been even that angry about it. So dead civilians, including kids, pictures of dogs zip-tied inside kennels. Don't worry, folks. They weren't military service dogs as originally reported. Shout out to Elizabeth Howe with Defense One. I saw her story. Kirby confirmed. Not working dogs. Not military working dogs. We have full accountability of our working dogs. But there were these animals, these dogs, that were still zip-tied in cages and left on the most dangerous airfield on the planet, left to the hands of the Taliban, who have found ways to treat animals worse than humans. And they treat humans like crap, like literal feces, like literal crap. These are people... And I use the word loosely for the Taliban. I love the Afghan people. I think these are I think the Afghan people had some real potential. They still have it, man. They still have it. But the Taliban treat everyone like garbage. Animals are on the lowest rung for any type of humanity. So there was all this outrage. We left our working dogs. How dare you? No dog left behind. Okay, I'm with it. I love dogs. I have dogs. I'm one of those people that will look at you weird if you refer to your pets as an it. I think you're a crazy person. I have dogs and I refer to them as he's and she's <laughs> I don't think they're woke yet so if there's their J's and, and them's and they's maybe I don't know maybe I'm imposing my patriarchal view on my pets but you know what they're my pets and I'll do as I please but there was outrage over this I was outraged over this I was upset how dare we leave these poor animals to the Taliban But here's the thing, guys. Literally two weeks ago, the world was upset that military working dogs were getting seats on the evacuation planes. So which is it? That is the level of stupidity, the very spirit of why we won't win wars like this. Because people that become voters are this Dumb. Save the working dogs, but only when we say to and how we say it. Because if you do it too early, it makes me upset because there's people that should be on that seat. But if you leave them behind, I'm going to be super pissed. And I'm going to blame you guys. And your president sucks because he he zip tied those dogs inside the kennel. And he did that. What, what is it? Which is it? Don't believe me, go look it up. Go look at Twitter. And you'll see. 
people upset that military working dogs had a chair to sit on. Some of those dogs outrank regular Joes. Let Sergeant Snuffy have his seat. That dog has worked his tail off. Sometimes, quite literally, had his tail blown off. These dogs did their jobs just like everyone else. They deserved to go home, and they were. They did get to go home. The animals that we see in the the videos and the pictures that are zip-tied, and they belong to a cobble pet rescue veterinary effort. And... You know, my heart goes out to those animals, man. Does. I mean, for sure, I know people are going to suffer. I get it. But I got a special place in my heart. Every time I was out on patrol, every time we were out in in Iraq, I remember my heart broke for two populations, the animals and the kids. Because they didn't know any better, dude. Animals and kids, they don't know any better, bro. They're just trying to live their lives. Little kids just want to go play. That's it. Show me a kid that doesn't want to go play. Every kid just wants to be happy and and they ain't got their hearts filled with hate yet. They just want to be little kids. Animals, same way, bro. Same way. Animals are just, they're pure hearted. People screw them up just like they screw up kids. So... I don't know. Shout out to those dogs, I guess. Finally, here are some leadership tips. Now, (laughs) I am not addressing this to anyone in particular. I dare not agitate the UCMJ dragon. But these are my leadership tips for anyone who might be in command, in charge Uh, a chief of a tribe, CEOs, whatever, okay? Don't blame the last guy who might have been in your position for the situation you inherited. Don't blame the last guy who had your job. It will always make you look weak and silly. You got a job to do. You're the man in the hot seat. The buck stops with you. Do your job. You literally were appointed or maybe it's an office you ran for. It's a position that you wanted. So with that comes the responsibility of inheriting and eating whatever crap sandwich the last guy left on your table that's part of the job you knew this second if you're having a serious discussion let's say off the top of my head about dead service members or something like that for sure for sure don't crack jokes or try to be witty Not the place, amigo. A little situational awareness can go a long way. When you're talking about something serious like 
again, not trying to upset anybody. This is just scenarios. Uh, let's say, you know, profits are dropping or you got to fire a whole bunch of people or people have died. Don't try and be funny when you're answering questions. It's not the time to be witty. It's not the time to show people that you too could have been a writer on a Saturday Night Live. This is your chance to be serious and solemn and to project strength when everything else seems like it's falling apart. Leaders have to be the people that we look to and say, what are you going to do about this? You better make me feel right about it. Help me feel right about it. So it's supposed to do. It's supposed to lead. And finally, I don't care what time it is, <laughs> what you're late for, if it's time to take the pills that keep you from transforming into a chupacabra, do not look at your watch during, again, I don't know, random event generator says a ramp ceremony for the departed. If there is family of dead people and you are a leader, don't, don't look at your watch. Chances are there are at least five people who have been hired to look at that watch for you. There is a, there is a time and a place for everything, for cracking jokes, for blaming the last guy, for Looking at your watch. Get smart about when those moments are. Or hire the right people to help you not do those things. Again, just, just random thoughts, random leadership tips from Rod Rodriguez. Take them, leave them, do whatever you want. We'll be right back. This week on CBS Ion Veterans, we'll talk with one of the loudest, most powerful voices on Afghanistan in the veteran community. I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. We are letting the Taliban now dictate the withdrawal. This is very different, and people should be held accountable. Operation Dynamo 2, it's a privately funded flight, uh, a series of flights in different cities inside of Afghanistan to pick people up and pull them out. Ongoing as you and I are speaking right now. You know, if, if, if what we're developing now is veterans, is kind of an underground railroad. Matt Zeller's like Harriet Tubman. All organized by veterans. The, the commitment was simple. No one left behind, even if this takes years. Uh, Matt started to call it the digital Dunkirk, right? Dunkirk is when they famously had to get so many people off the beach before they got annihilated. And that's what's happening now. That's the next phase of this operation, is uh, Operation Welcome Home. From digital Dunkirk to Operation Welcome Home. That's this week on CBS Eye on Veterans. Find it at ConnectingVets.com and everywhere you get podcasts.
U.S. Marine Corps Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller is making headlines as he performed career seppuku on video that's now been blasted across the social media space. He delivers the death blows to a 17-year career from his office desk, where he calls on the brass above him to confess their sins and take responsibility for Afghanistan. Okay, he makes some interesting points here. And I get the truth to power thing, but not sure it was worth a 17-year career. I think we need more people who would be willing to take responsibility and own their mistakes. Maybe keep your career intact and get to a position where you can influence those types of situations. I don't know. I don't know how much good you're going to do with the inevitable book deal and likely political run. Oh, wait, that's probably the plan. The soon-to-be former lieutenant colonel then released a second video that looked like Blair Witch found footage where he's talking from an undisclosed location in a minivan across a chessboard. I wonder if there was like Easter eggs in the video. Like, what does the chessboard mean? Is there a message where the pieces are? And if I get all the pieces and clues together is like a secret treasure map. Uh, I don't know. The second rant is full of vague accusations and some veiled threats about we, the viewer, not knowing, quote, all the things I'm capable of or he's capable of, I should say. How the fallout of his next move will leave leadership scrambling. Very ominous and kind of qanon I think that that whole vibe is kind of played out. But ultimately, it fizzled to me because there was no bite. The hell are you getting at, man? If you got something to show, show it. You just threw your entire career away. Tell me there's something to show for it. I'm very interested in seeing where all this goes personally. Don't be surprised if you start seeing his videos show up in TikTok duets where service members also resign their commissions over COVID vaccinations, though. Or maybe a duet with Navy veteran and TikTok sensation Bella Porch. I don't know. Wouldn't that be something? But I'm very curious about where this is going to go. And guys, listen, folks, if you're going to make an ominous, creepy, weird video that looks uh, like you're having some veiled threat looks, uh, don't, don't be surprised when the FBI knocks on your door. <laughs> don't, don't, don't act like what? Like you, you're over here talking about, you know, uh, you, you, you just wait till you wait, wait till they get a load of me. They're doing a Jack Nicholson, Batman, Joker thing. Look, man, if you're going to do if you're going to commit career seppuku uh, on the business end of a video. Cool. I'm just, you know, trying to figure out what the point is. Leaders for sure need to be held accountable, especially our elected ones. But you all keep voting for the same people for decades. These are people, there, there are people serving in office right now that held that same seat during the Vietnam War. If you think they're bringing anything to the table, you're crazy. If you think these people are bringing any lessons learned 
to the next crisis. You're insane. They don't do that. The only lesson learned these folks are bringing to the table is that they know which companies to get on the boards of before major wars. So they get a taste of that cheddar. Want to hold people accountable? Vote these artifacts out of office. Stop voting for TV people or people that have been in Washington their entire lives. They're both cut from the same cloth. Actually read and find out what your candidate is really about. Also, just because the candidate is a veteran doesn't mean they're smart or a good person. It means they serve their country. Admirable, yes, but governing a state or a country requires a lot more than just that alone. It definitely helps. But being a veteran doesn't mean that you've got it together. If you want to make a difference, make one. If you want to throw away your 17 years of a career through your iPhone, that's cool too. I'm just sad he didn't have a fun filter on like that lawyer who tried to remind the judge over a Zoom call that he wasn't a cat. I'm not a cat. Uh, I I hope that that with us gone, the bottom of this barrel stops falling out. It seems like every day something new happens that just makes my heart sink. And now, now we're dealing with American hostages because I, what what were you doing in Afghanistan? I don't know what some of these Americans were doing in Afghanistan in the first place. I, I, I Look, man, if you're going to go live in a war-torn country, I'm pretty sure there was some type of waiver you signed. I don't know. What, what are you doing there, folks? But now we have American hostages. Now we have a whole mountain of crap that we got to deal with. And on top of that, the Taliban have a bunch of guns, all of our, all of our weapons. We just funded them. Uh, I saw videos of a lot of trucks headed towards the, our stuff that we left the Afghan army. That stuff is headed to Pakistan. Cool. I'm sure the Chinese or the Russians, the Pakistanis are going to enjoy that. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's like uh, like one of those make-a-wish kids. Things came true for these three countries, for the Pakistanis, the Chinese, and the Russians. Like, yay! Her wish came true. Americans... They helped fund our next war against them. Cool. Our proxy war worked. Congratulations. But where do we go from here? I don't know. No idea. Folks, I'm Rod Rodriguez. This was The Back Brief. You can follow me on Twitter at Rod Pod Rod. I also do another podcast called Military Matters for Stars and Stripes that I host with fellow Connecting Vets reporter Jack Murphy. You can find all the veteran news you could possibly want at ConnectingVets.com. I will see you at the next episode.
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.